Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So traditionally in our church here at Crozet United Methodist, this is an 11 o'clock service. It's 11 p.m. and it's usually after multiple other services. And this is one of those services that is a little more intimate for us. It's definitely, as my mother always said, for hardcore Christians, for people who have been through the preparation and the festivities and the dinner of Christmas Eve and are still willing to get together and sing songs and worship. And it has always been part of my tradition growing up. I was always the one acolyte that they knew that they could count on whose parents would be here. So I grew up lighting these candles. And that has continued to be part of my celebration, even as I was journeying through running from my call, accepting my call, being ordained and serving as clergy. Lighting the candles is a crucial part of understanding just how powerful it is when we see Christians gathered. We do this, we mark the beginning of services by lighting candles and the end by extinguishing them. But on Christmas Eve, we do something very powerful and profound. This would generally be a candlelight service where if you had come here into our sanctuary, you would have received not just a bulletin, but a candle as you came in. And one of the last things we would do is prepare to sing Silent Night by Candlelight. And it is truly a powerful moment when we lower all of the lights and I look out into a sea of candlelight. It's a beautiful perspective, one that the chancel choir usually gets to share with me. But it is an opportunity for us to really magnify what I was saying to the children a moment ago. And that is that all of us are living vessels of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we think of that as more like a cup or, or a chalice that you know, Christ has poured into. But sometimes the best metaphor is that we are all candles and that when we allow the Holy Spirit to ignite us, what we shine in the world is truly Jesus. We get to show the world a warm light, a beautiful light. This year I experienced what happens when you shift away from candlelight. I have a series of rechargeable fake candles in my house. It's because my son is kind of obsessed with dining by candlelight. And that can become very cumbersome, expensive, and dangerous. And so we have these rechargeable lights. And I got the idea this year that what I would do is use those in my votives that I have for my advent wreath that sits on our dining room table. And I thought, oh, this is a great idea. In fact, I can actually keep the candles on 24 hours a day for the entire advent. Like, this is great. I'll just get up in the morning and swap out a candle. And it sounded like a great idea until the first night I sat there and looked at it, and it just didn't look the same. We have come up with so many incredible innovations as humankind, but mimicking candlelight is not perfected yet. And so as I watched it one night, I had this look on my face, and my son looked at me and goes, what's wrong? And I said, well, you know, it just it doesn't look the same. It doesn't have that, that warmth, that glow, that, you know, it tries to do the flicker thing, and it's just never the same. It's never going to be right. 
because there is something so organic about the fire of a candle. It's not predictable. Some of them are higher and some of them are lower. Even now, you know, the candles all are doing their thing over here. And it really does shine like a human being in that even when we're trying to all do the same thing, we're not. <laughs> even when we strive to all look uniform and act uniform, we won't. And perhaps that is truly the beauty, is that in a candlelit service, like a traditional worship service on Christmas Eve, we have an opportunity to just revel in that. All the candles are at different heights. All the candles are, not everybody's holding them perfectly straight up. You always have somebody that's got one off kilter. There's always an opportunity to look out and see that even though it's not perfectly uniform, it is so glorious. And perhaps that's what God sees when God looks at us, that we are not perfect, so we certainly are not uniform, but there is something glorious, and we are reflecting the beauty that God first gave to us on Christmas. The other thing that I like about a Christmas Eve traditional worship service is not the 11 o'clock start time. I have to get up for that. But the idea that something truly does transform. Because by the time we're done, it is past midnight. And it is Christmas Day. And for a lot of hardcore Christians, that's the lure of a traditional Christmas Eve candlelit worship service at 11 p.m. Is that you exit God's house into a world that is now Christmas. And that transformation is a crucial aspect to the story that sometimes we overlook. I mean, go back to the nativity, to that picture that we have, and now we have Jesus in the manger, which we've been waiting for all of Advent. But this family here, they had come and journeyed, and they were stuck in this stable because there was nowhere else for them to go. Nobody could make room for them, or there was no room for them, however you interpret that. And they were in a less than ideal place. I know that if somebody in my distant relative family came and I didn't have anywhere for them to stay, I don't think they would be happy being put in my garage if they were that pregnant. And yet that's where they were. And they weren't trying to make the best of it. They were just trying to survive. They were just trying to get through until the next bright, shining day. And so while they're trying to get through that with a plethora of animals nearby, Outside of the city were others that were just trying to get through their day. The shepherds had an exhaustive task. They had to keep herd on multiple sheep and probably some goats too. And herding goats is a lot like herding preschoolers. It's fabulously entertaining and it can be very frustrating. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of good stories. And so you're trying to get everybody to kind of be in the same general area. You're counting heads. See, it's very preschool-like. And then you're trying to get just a moment of rest, but knowing that you can't truly go to sleep because at any time, anything could happen. Very preschool-like. And so they were out there and they thought, you know, maybe we have a moment. And then all of a sudden, this angel appears. And they're terrified because if they know anything about the Bible... They know what happens when an angel appears. Something huge is about to happen. Things are never going to be the same. And while all of us would love to think that if an angel appeared, we'd all be giddy and excited and happy, most of us would be afraid of the change. What now? I have so much going on, Lord. What do you want now? And the angel appears and has to tell them, don't be afraid. I've come with good news. The Savior is born. 
and I'm giving you the inside line. I want you to go and see. And if they didn't believe the angel, maybe they would believe the angelic host. An entire army of angels fills the sky. Unfortunately, we can't quite mimic that here. But it's mimicked when we look out at the candlelights. When you drive through your neighborhood and you see all of the Christmas lights, think about how it must have looked with all of those angels illuminating the sky, singing the glory of the birth of our Lord. And so the shepherds are then left. They, they are abandoned by the angels who return to heaven, and they have that moment where they can make a choice. What do I do? I used to joke that this choice was a lot like after we had finished dinner in my household growing up, and everybody was full, and did you really want to get dressed for church and go all the way back to church? And, you know? and then one day, my father was like, well, let's go see this thing. Let us go see. And that is true. That is what worship is. We are choosing to go and see. Now, maybe we don't see God in 3D form. Maybe we don't see, you know, incredible, miraculous dancing flame work. But what we do see is God in other people. We see other people who are drawn to that light and who out of their own darkness and their own disasters and trials and tribulations in their own lives have gathered here. And we get to come and see. And through new ways this year, we are still gathering. We are still coming to see. But the good news is that all along, God has been coming to see us as well. We have never been abandoned. Those shepherds who thought they were, you know, the guys that were on the night shift, they had God come to them and those angelic messengers. And then they took the next steps. They went. So over the transition from Sundown to sunrise, the Savior was born, and the angels heralded his birth and allowed others to come and see with their own eyes and hear with their own ears and witness with their own beings and experience the child. And because of that, we gather in this form to be reminded that something will transition and that tomorrow will not be the same as yesterday. Jesus uses this same concept when he comes back to us on Easter. Over the course of night and into the morning before the sun has risen, he will come back. There is something beautiful about light coming from darkness, which again is something that God paints for us very clearly in the book of Genesis, bringing forth light out of the darkness and the waters of chaos. We are given that opportunity to not just remember but to experience it in the candlelight of christmas eve and so whether you do it now with us or whether you have the opportunity to do it later i hope that you will find a light it doesn't have to be a candle but find a light and turn off all the other lights and just watch how far that light can stretch and how it changes how we see it changes what we hear it changes how we feel and when you're able to bask in the light and with a candle, you can feel its warmth. You can feel the heat coming off of it. And you're aware with more than just sight that your presence has changed. That's when we recognize that things are different because of Christmas Day. So this year, I don't think any of us had hoped to be doing Christmas in a pandemic. But here we are. And here were God's people so long ago. They were being forced to journey to their ancestral towns and homes 
in order to be counted. They were doing this not because a descendant on the throne of David had commanded it. They weren't doing this because one of God's prophets had called the people to be counted. They were doing this because a foreign oppressor, a nation that does not know their God, had descended upon them and made them into a vassal and had forced them to live a life that was not part of their tradition nor their desire. And out of that came the great light. Out of that came the birth of our Lord and Savior. God has been bringing light out of darkness, hope out of despair, and a bright and beautiful future out of the pain and the suffering of the present for as long as there have been people. And Christmas reminds us to cling to that, that this is not the end. And when we feel fear and anxiety rising in us and in those we know and love, this is when Christmas becomes our hope. It reminds us to stay the course because it doesn't happen instantaneously. He doesn't go from this to adult tomorrow. It will take time. But then when it is time, the lessons, the, the sermons, the miracles, the experiences that are recorded in Scripture that are the earthly ministry of Jesus, that change lives and testimonies, that lay the foundation for this great faith we know as Christianity, those things will be the precipitation of the Easter miracle. And that is what we are always working toward. Today is a day to revel in the glories of Christmas, but Christmas leads us to the gift of salvation and everlasting life in Easter. And there was time between those things. But the hope of Christmas is what allows us to hold fast and stay the course and stay together as the body of Christ. May it be so. And when you awaken on Christmas Day, may you too discover that the love, the hope, the promise, and the grace of the Christ child is no less real because things look and feel different this year, but that because of you, that light will shine. May it be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.